Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At Boil Sports, we are taking darts to the next level. Bet £10 on the Boil Sports World Grand Prix and new customers will get £20 in free bets. Customers can also enjoy the daily full house price boost on every player and every match. Boil Sports, this is betting. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8pm, the online darts live lounge. With me, Phil Bass, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. We return to the regular spot after a few weeks of being on a Tuesday. Gentlemen, it's been 10 long days since the last live lounge. How are we all? I think I'm feeling a bit fresher than our friend, Mr Boyce, and he's had 24 hours to recover. <laughs> I'm fresh. We've got the wrong one. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> unique, calling you stupid, and I mentioned Glenn Durham. <laughs> <laughs> All fun and games. All fun and games. Until uh, the next look, time. It's, um, it's been some week or so in darts, that is for sure. Plenty to talk about, lots and lots of um, talking points, shall we say. It is all good. Welcome along to the chat room as well. Everyone in nice and early. Uh, Tommy Daniel, how are we doing? Uh, Darksman said hi, everyone. Kieran, how are we doing? Craig, um, Owen, Matthew, Alex, all good. Um, yeah, look, boys, it's, 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 been a, it's been good. The World Grand Prix. A return to televised ranking action, which I know will please Gob. <laughs> Prefer that to invitational, you know me. <laughs> um, uh, Rose is in, uh, Jay is in, says the live league was great today. Yeah, look, we'll talk about. Um, how good Chris Mason was later on, that's for sure. Um, 
there'll be a lot going. You have that seniors hoping that he doesn't doesn't rock up anytime soon playing like this. Oh, it's a good week all around. Obviously, John Morton was at the World Championships last year. Tony O'Shea looks decent. Gary Robson's playing good darts. Chris Mason, Sully. We've got a few more to come later in the week. Um, we do have some breaking news, by the way, though. Um, literally four minutes ago on social media, as we've gone live, uh, Luke Humphreys has announced the birth of his daughter, born last night at ten, nine minutes past ten. Uh, congratulations, Luke and family. Um, good to see, because let's be honest, it did affect him at the Grand Prix. That's totally understandable, and we will no doubt talk about that in due course. But spoiler alert, if you have been living under a rock, Michael Van Gerwen wins his third TV tournament of the year, boys. For someone that was written off and finished, he's not doing too badly, is he? He's doing all right. Spot match play, Premier League. It's not a bad few months, is he? Could be worse. Just, just one. Just one off the triple crown, didn't they? Finished. Stupid stuff like that. <laughs> um, no, look, it's been it's been a great great week or so in darts. Uh, we are going to look back at the World Grand Prix. Then we're going to have a debate. Or no, sorry. Then we're going to let the players fight it out, and we're going to play some clips of them fighting all week, which was brilliant. Um, and then the current world ranking situation and the tour card race one after the Worlds. It's looking rather interesting now, isn't it? Um, we'll come on to that in, in due course, boys. But it's hotting up at the top of the rankings. Don't forget our poll. Um, Gob has set it. Who is the best player in the world right now? Forget rankings because we all know they're screwed because it's a two-year cycle. Who is the best in the world right now? The poll is there. The big three, MBG, Gellerman Price, or Peter Snakebite Right. The poll is there. Um, before we dive in, we have shared some links on social media as well. If you see them, give them a follow so everyone knows that we have gone live. But, boys, we'll, we'll jump straight in. The World Grand Prix in its new new home as it looks. Leicester um, last year, this year, and again next year, boys. Yeah, which probably isn't to the delight of our friends at Ballsports who have helped us all week because they're an Irish-based company who um, probably expected this event to be in Ireland, but it is basically newly housed in Leicester now. Um, out of the PDC's hands for the last couple of years, I think they still expect difficulties next year or don't want to leave it until the last minute. So the earlier they commit to somewhere this year, um, they might be better off ticket sales-wise because it wasn't the best week in terms of crowd attendance at the morning well, side. Um, some, of can be, some of that can be forgiven for the train strikes. Um, it wasn't easy getting in or out of Leicester for five, six of the seven or eight days that the tournament actually was on. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the busiest event we're ever going to see for a PDC TV major. Yeah, I said the M word. Without obviously telling where it came from, all I'll say is 
the ticketing company the PDC use may have to pay some compensation. They dropped to Howler for the final. Well, the back bit wasn't open. The ticket company forgot to open it until and they, 10 the, days and they ago. the last minute ticket became available according to Stuart Pike on Saturday night and then nobody would commit to it on a Sunday. Correct. <laughs> um, <I don't... laughs> from, from, um, a, from a perspective, I, I, I wasn't there last week, but obviously you was there all week, Phil, and Dob, you went both this year and last year. Did it seem better after another year in Leicester? Or just from a, from a TV view, what we probably saw is less, and there was certain games where players obviously got involved. But for me, it wasn't as bad in regards to what we saw with Durbin Price last year. So there was improvements on that side. But early on, it did seem probably even quieter than it did early last year. I think last year's a bit... I kind of write last year off in terms of crowds for a couple of reasons. One, that it was just party atmosphere because everyone was allowed out to play. And the fact that the Euros were over here had a massive overspill. For me, but was that also from a yeah from a from a first year? It looked last year there was certain nights it was still quiet, but it looked busier last year than it did this year. And obviously, if if there was a ticket miss up on Sunday, then that would probably say say some towards it. Um, but for me, just didn't seem as busy as it did um, the first year round, and if that's just the hype of a, a city having a TV tournament that it's not used to having that may be like says from a from a viewing perspective it just seemed a bit different um, yeah look I actually really like the morning side arena I'm not sure that Le- Leicester is a particularly dark city or whatever you want to mm-hmm. But, it, but the actual arena itself is really, really nice and, and works well. Um, I like that the kind of mini fans village there this year as well. Yeah, I was yeah, pleasantly surprised by the side part of the arena. Like last year, when I went, everything was in a tent. The bar yeah. was out the back in an industrial gazebo. This time, there's a full-on side arena. I think they're doing work to the arena for the Leicester Riders basketball team as well. Um, it meant I had to go in for a different door, which was a pain in the ass. Once you walked all the way down the road, and there's absolutely no signs for it, and nobody stood at the end of the road going, no, general admissions that way, mate. Um, but that's, that's just nitpicking, isn't it? That, that side on it was pretty decent. I've never waited, never waited at the bar, let alone waited more than five minutes at the bar. Do you know what I mean? So... Didn't miss anything. Um, in terms of a layout, I think it works pretty well for for darts. The seating right at the back is is good if you need to fill it or create that bigger atmosphere. Saturday night looked spectacular with it. The fact there's no like terrace seating around the side, I pretty like. I, I like as well. I don't think you need rows of tiered seats along the side. I think the fact that everybody's on the table just creates that. Well, there's, there's no divide, is it? The world is a bit different, isn't it? But the back and forth between them can sometimes just get a little bit distracting. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, how are we doing, uh, Lendl? Uh, I've been saying that before. You went to number one on yours, mate. Bad um, yeah, Chris Davey did play well. We'll um, we'll come on to that in a minute. Look, we're not going to go through every round one game, boys. But I would like individually your standout of round one and your disappointment of round one. Hmm. My disappointment's going to sound a bit harsh, especially because of the news that Dob broke earlier on. But my disappointment was Lee Humphries because he expected him to put in a better performance than Tristolby, and that is not taking anything away from Tristolby, especially in that second set because he was unbelievable. Um, but probably Luth Humphreys would fall into that category. And for me, I don't tip many things right, but I was impressed with Martin Luthman, especially the lack of TV experiences that and to thumb through, yes, it was an under par James Wade, but still when that set levels up and when the down levels up at one apiece and to go to a last lead, I was very, very impressed. Uh, with Martin Luthman getting over the line as a as a couple more more impressed me, but I don't wanna to mention too many just in case Dobbs thinking of someone. So for me it'd probably be Martin Luthman as the man I was impressed with and like I said, slightly harsh, but Humphreys was disappointing because he expected that to be a closer day. But no surprise in seeing Dolby win and put in performance like that as we've seen it before. Standout was Adrian Lewis for me. He looked exceptional. Um, and I think, yeah, there was only one time in the entire tournament where his average was beaten. And that was Michael Van Gogh in the semi final, where that performance was described as, as near perfect against Chris Dobie. That's how good Adrian Lewis was. Two deciding legs in sets against Jose de Salza as well, who, look, if you score, you can get yourself out of trouble in the Grand Prix, and, and that's exactly what Jose de Souza does. 88 average for him is nothing to be shirked at either. Um, but Adrian Lewis just looked magnificent night one. Especially going on last as well, because he's still a big name. It must be difficult for somebody who's then trying to rebuild, because there still is the limelight, the attention, the expectation levels on you, and you still sell tickets or hit prime time slots. More people are interested in what you're doing than Bunting Dolan, for example. So you will be on later and later in sessions to hit those prime time slots in TV. It was on really late as well. Let's not forget that the first couple of nights were desperately late in the evening by the time these matches started. Um, so add all that together, Adrian Lewis was my standout from round one. You all, you always know how later uh, a show's done when a fallout bars at eight thirteen the following morning. That shows that the, that uh, the, day after, the yeah. show went on. Yeah. Who was your disappointment then, Gob? Ooh. Ooh. Um, not the best performance from Ryan Sell. 
think he's had a, a bit of a stinker of a 2022 compared to where he was in 2021. Um, Rob Cross in that deciding set was not great at all. Because he went tune up in the first set as well, he, he could have put that match out of sight. So to let that slip against Gurney was, was a bit disappointing. Um, and obviously Michael Smith as well. Look, he loses to Asmol, goes on to make the final. There's not a lot of shame in that. But again, it's another early exit in a big tournament for a man who could have done big things here. Yeah, I, I agree. That there's, there's, a, there's a few that stick out for me. Disappointing. I'm actually going with Andrew Gilding. After the hype and the way he played in the Euro Tour, I genuinely think there's a mental block with him on TV because it was the same with the match play. He was in a good position. The winning light was the winning line was in sight, and he kind of fell off a cliff. A bit like here as well. Only averaged 79. I was disappointed. I was expecting more from him. Especially with the start. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he just completely fell off. So I, I, I was disappointed with Gil. And I have to agree. I thought Adrian Lewis was sensational um, to beat Jose de Salza. The, the clutch finishing was, was brilliant. Um, yeah, I kind of, kind of go somewhere, somewhere around, around there for me. Um, look, I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed with Gary Anderson. Look, was I surprised the performance we got? No. Is it? Is it to the point now where we're we're all kind of just waiting and hoping for a Gary Anderson performance and? And hoping it's going to come. Yeah, we probably Actually. are, but equally, equally to that, it very much feels like he's going on the stage, hoping that he can perform because it doesn't seem like he's putting a amount of time in that he did previously. So the fact that we're hoping for it can happen as a fan, but the fact that a player looks like he's going on stage, hoping that something clicks without really putting that work in, that's even more worrying. Yeah. Um, El Clasico didn't really live up to the expectation. Moving on to round two, right at the top of the draw bracket, I know that we spoke, well, you guys spoke about on the fallout bar, those last two sets from Gerda and Price to come from 2-1 down to beat Joe Cullen, God, were nothing short of world class. Yeah, I think they were. I went for a drink and missed them. <laughs> <laughs> I left the arena to get a, a fresh jug of blackcurrant juice um, as Joe Cullen hit double eight to go 2-1 up. I returned thinking that I'd only missed a leg and a bit. Turns out I'd missed a set and a bit. Ran to the toilet, came back, and go in price hit the winning. <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, we've got an extra set. No. That and that probably then goes back to the point of how good he was. That you said there wasn't even a queue 
that he flew through them two sets and was incredible. I mean, during the yeah, uh, was... fallout bar, I praised, I praised Madders Rasma for producing for me what was two of the best sets we'd seen all week in the first two sets to be trumped massively by Derwin Price with those last two because it was just... I only saw it doing one way at that stage, just Derwin Price. How he's average 92 after those... Finish the game on 92 with how those first three sets went. He's just ridiculous standard for those two to turn it round and not and then someone who's was playing some good stuff as well in Joe we just took everything away from him to reel off the reel off every led them was just incredible oh yeah absolutely it was it was unreal um Manners Rasmo like you say produced his best ever TV performance um and look I've still got no idea where he's pulled it from round one averages 77 round three averages 74 and in the middle, averages 92 double in. Where, where, where has he pulled that one from? Not a clue. Not the foddiest. Because as every time through that first round, I think a lot of people were strongly favouring Daryl Burney to get the better of Madders Rasma. Um, and Harry Thumb flying at the box, it was just... It won him them dames how that start was. He was just so in control. Yes, he dropped off as the dame went on. But to be expected, because as you said, Phil, he's not really played to that level pre this tournament or in the first round. So it, it was certainly a level above, but it just took out of Bernie and Bernie just didn't have that level of fight back that potentially we'd have seen a few years back. Agreed. Um, then don't worry, we, we, we've got some clips coming up at the end. Danny Noppet and Nathan Aspinall gob got a little bit spicy late into the night. I didn't really understand what was happening. I, I sat and watched all of this one. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the response was for. The crowd gave a little bit of jip. It wasn't the busiest night once again. Um, so at that point, all individual shouts are heard. Just that little bit more all over. Um, but yeah, I don't really understand what happened between them, why they reacted the way they did, and what happened. Because I don't think we've ever seen that side of Danny Noppert, really. So for him to react that way, admittedly, he's, he's, he's been pegged back from two sets apiece to two sets all at that point. So he's obviously frustrated a little bit in that sense, but the fact we haven't seen that side of him before makes me wonder that it must have been something pretty big for him to react like that. Yeah, look, we we, we don't know. We're we're surmising, but it was it was interesting. It was it got a little bit a little bit fiery, um, which was which was interesting. Yeah, strange. Strange to see, I know you've mentioned there, Dob, that Noppy doesn't normally get involved in those sort of things, but it was probably strange to see at that point that the name wasn't one, it was still tight, but Nathan Aspinall getting involved in, what was it, 2-1 when he turned around and shushed the crowd? That could have done a completely different way with just two leads of darts left to though. But actually they reacted in his favour. Yeah, it was... Interesting. Interesting. Well, it wasn't the first time, it wasn't the last time that Nathan had words with the crowd this week either, was it? <laughs> or step back. 
Yeah. Um, and then Martin Luke wins good run continued. He beat Ross Smith 3-2. Um, he kept, his first thing in an interview that he came up and said was, 25 Gs, baby! <laughs> it felt weird watching that one because every time you looked it felt like Ross Smith was in complete control and then every single set he had to do something special to stay in it yeah Ross Smith's yeah, power scoring in that match in particular his 180 hit in was ridiculous Yeah, agreed. Um, the world champion came past Christoph Ratajski. And again, this was another one, Boise, that Wright always felt in control of this game, but couldn't get rid of Ratajski. Yeah, it's one that you, even now you struggle to see how it was free to, because to that point, to the previous time, and I know um, Martin Luke went on through that one, but Wright did always seem in control, and the, uh, the set with Tyson won, went all the way, but it just looked comfortable, and even at 2-1 down, you still felt that Wright was going to come through the tie, um, and then sealed it with the, the sits on the bounce. Better from Tyson though, finding a way to, to dead sets where his performances haven't been to the level, especially on stage that we've seen last year and the previous year. And hopefully we'll take a lot of confidence and we can see the, the Polish Eagle return to a bit of form, but no surprise to see Ritoyski being inconsistent at them. Yeah. Um, last year's defending champion, Johnny Clayton, bowed out in round two, got three, three, two to Vandenberg. But was Vandenberg at it again? Potentially. From, from the outside, it doesn't look like Dimmy's making many friends right now. And look, we've always said that he's had the ability to dictate paces of games and, and whatever else. But yeah, whether this was a little bit of frustration from Johnny as well, defending champion, that was the last trophy he was defending for this year, I believe. So the rest of the year, he's got that bit of a free roll now. Um, and look, it was a very, very good performance from Dimitri as well. But yeah, it doesn't look like he's making many friends on the Pro Tour, which, look, you're there to, to win money and whatever else, but... Yeah. Um, again, we said about right being in control. MVG Stephen Bunting, I've got no idea how this game was only 3-2. Because, look, it does get better for MVG, but at this point, earlier in the tournament... It was an unbelievable performance, but Bunting just stuck around Boise. Yeah, he did. It was, again, it's another player who we've seen signs of the quality that they've got. The difference is that they haven't got that win and that, that big stop of beating one of the top three in the world and in a, a tournament like this, that it shows the quality and where I know we'll talk about him a lot more. Um, but just shows the quality of Michael Van Derwin and that know-how of winning games, even when they're being pushed by the underdog. But huge credit must go to Stephen Bunting for even making this a competitive game. Because MVG was very, very impressive. 
and wasn't his best performance of the week. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Dobie beats Adrian Lewis. And again, good to see Dobie winning back-to-back games on, on TV, Gob, in, in this one. It, look, obviously everyone wants Adrian Lewis to do well, but this was this was good from Dobie as well, especially under pressure, the way he bottled the match play, in his words, that this time when he needed it, he found it and didn't dwell on Blackpool's performance because it's quite easy to do so. You revert to type when the going gets tough and, and you think about those things that you've done before. So to get that out of his system is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they both missed match starts before Dobie does get over the line, but this was just one of the best matches of the tournament for me. It wasn't the best averages. It's 86 plays 82. They seem to miss at the same time. They seem to both go on little rampages at the same time. I don't think there was any real blowout ledge. You never thought, oh, somebody's just completely switched off it. It was just competitive. It was back and forward. It was good to watch. We had three sets in a row to finish the match that went to a decided leg as well. It was just entertaining. And sometimes when we say, oh, they've got positives they can take out of this one, it's not terrible for Adrian Lewis, etc. It's a little bit of a cop-out. It's just a bit like, hmm. They probably should have done better. There was there was something there. They'd be kicking themselves about losing the match, but actually the fact they got close is good. No, these professional sportsmen, they should be looking for the win. But this time, I genuinely think there is positives for AJ Lewis. The way he played round one, the fact he was so competitive again in round two, had darts to win it. If he, if he hits that, it could be a completely different story throughout this week. I genuinely think AJ Lewis is looking that good. But just getting back into the habit of going beyond round one on TV is massive. You plant your foot and then you build a platform. Agreed. Um, so then, moving into the quarterfinals. Uh, first up, the, the number one seed at this point blows Madras Rasma away. This one wasn't even close. Not much to talk about. Aspinall Lukeman, again, went all the way. And Aspinall held his nerve when he needed to. Then, it was Builders' repeat or revenge... And it was revenge for Peter Wright against Dimitri Vandenberg. As as, as we said on the, the title, someone went, well, it's not revenge because he beat him in the Euro Tour. My reply was, listen to the idiot. You Listen to the interview, you idiots. Peter Wright's own words, the Euro Tour didn't count. That's why it was done. <laughs> um, hey, look, I've said this already. We might capitalise some things in our headlines or quotes, but they're quotes for the players. We just have to make them stand out on YouTube. Oh, the game's the game. Correct. My new favourite phrase. (laughs) Um, Kevin, we're coming on to that shortly. Um, And then the performance of the World Grand Prix for me. Michael Van Gogh beats Chris Dobie 3-1. With a 99.33 average. Put that into some context. I know me and Gob were talking about this on the phone. That in over, is it over 460 games in the World Grand Prix, there has only been, I think, seven ton plus averages. And he's done 99.33. To put that into context, that was a little bit special. Just a little. Just a little. And I guess the flip of that is 
Fistobi was very impressive. To that setter than someone who's hitting that ridiculous average just shows how impressive and a lot of credit to Dardo to, to Dolby. But back to MVG, it was just totally relentless. I think it was, I've seen it as six, I think six, one sixty starts in the day, which is just incredible to think of what 15 to uh, 18. 18 leads, and in six of those, he started with a 160. So a third of his leads is taking off with a, with a mat. is just unreal, standard by MVG, and definitely what puts will put him eighth, ninth around that for, for the best ever Grand Prix performance, and it was proven. It was just a unbelievable all-round game from MVG, and like says, fair play to Dolby for being the competitor and getting a set off MVG when he's throwing so well and at that that sort of win you just all thought that it was going to be him and Price in the final I thought after Price had done through the Rasma 1-3-0 well yeah spoiler alert semi-final Price against Aspinall and Aspinall upset the odds gob and deserved it look Gerwin Price is normally so consistent on the outer ring but Tops deserted him and, and Aspinall punished. Yeah, you, you miss that. Look, Aspinall has built this reputation as a battler, as a scrapper, but he, he led from the front in the majority of this. He, he got out and he punished. Yes, he, he kept running away a bit towards the back end. He just held it together more. And that was probably more impressive from that position. Um, all week I was saying that I thought this tournament was made for Gezi, the way that he hits tops, the way that he recovers and then scores and hits 20s and gets himself out of trouble. There's that inevitability about Gezi's game when he's chasing and he's just going to hit that 140 or the 180 at the right time. And it just didn't seem to happen for him this week in Leicester. That he's been to back-to-back finals and made a semi-final here. I don't particularly think he did anything overly impressive or stretched. Look, that, that Joe Cullen performance for two sets was very, very good. But for the rest of it, I think it was pretty mid-level for Gezi, who's looked pretty decent for the last few weeks and, and months. So perhaps my high hopes of the big three going hammer and tongue at each other for the back end of the year were a little bit short-lived in this one. Um, but a good result for Nathan Asimov, obviously, putting himself in a major final for a player that has been through major surgery or was nearing major surgery, sorry, a big wrist injury. Um, that, that seems to be behind him now. The second semi-final was nothing short of a public execution. Michael Van Gogh beats Peter Wright 4-0. 12-1 in legs, Boise. Arguably, that has to be yeah, no. one of Peter Wright's heaviest TV defeats since 2014. When he got to his first world final. Yeah. It... Well, firstly, no one wanted Peter Wright in a drinking game on Saturday night. Let me just tell you that, first of all, because that didn't end very well. Um, <laughs> um, and then, credit, credit to MVG. He was he was clinical. He made the most of the, the opportunities that were given to him, but my God, that was given to him every time, it seemed. For me, he's taught himself out the day. In the, with the little monte clips, but that has played a part. The amount he spoke, 
the amount he's spoken throughout the week has played a part in this game. And to me, he's probably hyped it up or tried to get in people's heads so much that he's got into his own. The, the amount of darts he's changed throughout the week, lost counts of how many times he changed back and forth. And for me, that combined with everything he's been saying in the press, and it, I just find it found it very, very strange. I'm a, you know, I'm a huge Peter Wright fan. I still think there's those three that are going to push on the rest of this year. But for me, you just need to concentrate on being a entertainer then, and when he's entertaining on the stage, and not trying to be entertaining in a press room, which I know he's good for us, but when he's concentrating on entertaining on that stage, he's a lot better player than when he's just concentrating on what people are thinking off stage. Um, and for me, that all come into this performance and hopefully we'll see that does, that was a damaging result. It's weird that 4-0 doesn't really do it justice. It should show 12-1 because... That's the result feels like it's actually MVG was better than 4 0. Um, yeah, compared to where Peter Wright played, that probably is the, the best way of for me summing that game up. That the 4 0 doesn't really reflect what happened in that felt like 10 minutes. I know it was London as a break and stuff, but it didn't feel very long because it was just so one sided. So, the final Aspinall against MVG, spoiler alert. Ten years after first winning this, the Green Machine has now won it six times in those ten years, boys. He is the master of the Grand Prix. Thoughts on the new trophy as well? I don't like it. It's different. Yeah, I don't like it. Are you going to elaborate on it being different? Is that a good difference or a bad difference? Does I don't like it. Is that the one that now stays and gets rotated or is there a PDC one that's more traditional as well that they put their name on and gets passed on to the next person? Is that the sponsor's one? So there's a big difference, isn't there? No, I think that's the trophy. Put it on my shelf. My, my Dutch isn't the best. However, I picked enough up of Michael's interview with Via Player that it's solid silver and it would probably worth melting down. <laughs> Thank you for that reason as well, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, in the final, MVG raced into a 4 0 lead and at that point looked a million dollars. Um, he also needed a bathroom break and decided not to, um, which is very funny in his interview. But credit to Aspinall, battled, scrapped, like Nathan Aspinall does, made a game of it, but ultimately giving Michael Van Gogh in a four-set head start, probably not the best idea. Yeah, I'm going to take this one because I was writing a report at the time. And four-set four, I put... Set four was the moment this match ended as a contest. <laughs> and then I just scrambled to change it when Nathan Aspinall started to look like, well, say started to look like he was then two missed darts away from four apiece. And at that point, 
if you think there's any winner other than Nathan Aspinall after the recovering from four sets down, you're very much mistaken. I think the, the, the emotion at that point for Van Gogh was very much relief because I'm not even sure he, at his most confident, would have believed that from 4-0 up to go back to 4-0, he was winning that final set. Yeah. Um, but look, in that comeback, Aspinall, was it missed? Was it two at sixes he missed or two at tens? Whatever it was. And and then look, you can't give Michael Van Gogh in second chances because he gobbled it up to become a six-time World Grand Prix champion. Right, boys. Here's where it gets spicy. Right. We're going to try and play these in some kind of order and discuss how they went down. Right. Before we get into the top three squabbling, we'll do Aspinall and Nopper after the little spat. Yeah, all, all that was going on, obviously, it's a small crowd, so you hear a lot of things. And throughout the match, you know, it, when Danny was starting, you know, there's a few whistles, a few boos. Um, so, you know... Whether the camera picked that up or not, I was trying to trying to hush the crowd. Uh, but likewise, like when I was doing, you know, they booing and whistling. And I think what it was is I pulled it back, and obviously the, the adrenaline's pumping. Um, and when I was two one down, um, as I'm about to throw to, you know, to um, to make it two all, I kicking off. Uh, there was a there was a table all night that was supporting for Danny, um, and obviously, the, you know, they have their, their right to, to to support for who they want. Um, and it basically got to the point where. I had enough and I turned around and I'm like, please, we should shut up. Um, and it's not, you know, it wasn't just aimed at myself. You know, Danny had had it early on in the game. People were different people with different personalities, different players, and uh, I just reacted differently. You know, I shouldn't have reacted the way I did, but I did. You know, I can't take that back. Um, but obviously, Danny wasn't happy with how I reacted, and uh, <laughs> he's seen his bum at the end. That's all I can say in that matter. But, uh, you know, he wished me all well after the game. You know, he shut me hand. Uh, I didn't think he would. So, you know, fair play. He's been a big man there. He shut me hand. You know, he's not going to be happy with that defeat. Um, but you know, he was, he was a big man tonight. You know, he took the defeat well. Um, and you know, we walked up backstage and he said, "Fab, good luck in the next next round." I said, "No hard feelings." And that's the end of the matter, as far as I'm concerned. I love the love the sore bum. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, well, without that one line, that's a very yeah. Let's put the, the matter to bed. But there's still that little bit of animosity, just just underneath, <laughs> under the surface. Do you know what I mean? At that point, if you still yeah. make a comment like that to to knock your opponent down in that moment, I don't truly believe it's put to bed. But that's just me. Yeah. Also, a desk. Um, looking at looking at the current current setup, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but. Nathan mentioned it in an interview earlier on in the week about World Series. Obviously, we're in getting to that part of the year where conversations will start about the Premier League. Looking at the list and how that's sort of setting up, surely Aspinall's looking at Danny Nopper as a one of his closest rivals of breaking into that eight for Prem World Series events because of Nopper winning that UK Open. So there's that rivalry there. And right now, if one of them would want the rivalry, it's Nathan Aspinall. Does Nopper's probably edged above him by winning the Utah Open. Um, he's now done to a, a final, but the potentially is that thought in his head that 
he's in that next batch, not in the top batch of players right now. Right. Here we go. The top three kicking lumps out of each other in the press. Um, this is the one that set it all off on the Monday. This is about two and a half minutes. And this, boys, set the tone for the rest of the week. I did say to Colin Loy downstairs, if I get through this first round today, I'll win it. So there you go. I'm number one in the world back again now anyway, so... Just a little wink in your face there. Is that something that you look at? Because I know Gezi spoke I don't about know. it. I don't really look at it, but I was told it today as I'm back to number one. And obviously, Gezi's got to go and win it. The, the old youngster, the old guy here, still uh, uh, pushing everyone's button and and uh, annoying them. And, uh, you know, I can still play darts. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know what darts I was using until the last, maybe... Uh, I don't know, last five minutes before I walked on stage. So, you know, I can use any darts and beat anybody. So, bring it on. Do you like getting under their, their skin like this? Obviously, you had a tough first half of the year where you weren't very well, but now that you're fit and healthy, do you, do you enjoy getting under their skin again? Exactly. Well, I've had the operation. I just feel brand new now. It's just like the... I, just, I don't think they're uh, not, not good enough anymore, to be honest. Yeah, Gezi's probably the second best player in the world at the moment. Uh, but or or the rest of them, no, they got to go back to the practice ball and practice harder. Uh, and I'm, you know, I believe I can win it. I've got to the final before. Uh, I wasn't experienced enough to take it off a uh, MVG at the time. And uh, you know, he was a phenomenal player at the time. He he, he was untouchable. Uh, compared to any other player in the world and you know uh, I don't know if it's whether everyone else has raised their game or Michael's dropped I I don't know I don't know what it is uh, but you know he's just an awesome dark player as well uh, still is but you know mm, maybe we need uh Tell Michael back again. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know. Yeah, I think he's dropped his level, and we've caught up. Who do you see as your main threats then going into the business? Nobody. The Nobody. I'm in the toughest half of the draw, which I, I like. What well, every time I go to all these Europeans and I get an easy, easy draw. Well, not an easy. You're all good players. Sorry about that. You're all good players, but. A class has an easier draw. Uh, I always go out. <laughs> when I get a hard draw, I win. So I'm in the hard half, which I'm looking forward to. So, you know, just keep on. Uh, I've got Christopher Tysik in there. That set the tone, boys. From there, we'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll do all, of the, all of the round one ones first when they're scoring points. This was followed by... This one, I had to get the schedule up so I know which one they went in. <laughs> uh, everyone knows Gary. I got him quite high up because with his talent, with his performance, and what he's capable of. But I think lately he doesn't do enough for his own game. Do you know what I mean? Uh, in the practice room, we also yeah, 
everyone knows him, we call him the part-timer, do you know what I mean? He does whatever he wants and that's also his right, do you know what I mean? He's been on the tour for so long, what do you expect? So, uh, I, I like the bloke, I hope he keeps battling on from, with me for the next 10 years, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to call. And then Gezi has his say. Don't worry, Jay, we're coming to that. Yeah, but he hasn't, though. Ah, until, wait until this tournament's over, you know, and Peter's been absolute rubbish this year. I mean, I, I'm not chasing the world number one. If he wants it, he can have it, but I'm sure over the next couple of months I'll get it back. But, yeah, I, I think Peter knows he's number three in the world, and, yeah, Michael's in number two and I'm number one, but, you know, talk is cheap. So that was the that, that that was the three of them from round one, boys. If you if you're scoring it and chat room, who has the advantage after round one? Peter, hundred percent, Peter. Yeah. He went first. He went first, and they both got drawn into it. Hundred percent, Peter's one 0 up at that point. He started it, and they both bit. And then going into round two. Who went first? Gezi. Got to check the order they go in. <laughs> um, all right, where are we? So this is the one from round two. Every tournament, you know, I, I'd love to go on and, and win the Worlds. That's the main thing for me. You know, my, my one eye is always on on the Worlds coming up to this period of the, of, of the, of the calendar, but... Yeah, obviously, main job now is to try and defend this ranking money from two years ago. Well, I would say about five, six, seven years time, because that's when I started <laughs> winding down. I mean, honestly, I, I, it's, it's, it's really tough. As many people say that, you know, you've got a life of luxury and you're on the road and you're traveling the world. It's a tough sport and it, and it is tough for traveling all the time and missing everything with your family and stuff. So, yeah, over the next five, six, seven years, I think... I will improve because I'm still an amateur in my eyes. You know, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm nowhere near experienced as what half of these boys are. So, you know, give me another two, three, four years, then I'll be a way better player. And um, yeah, another four years after that. Bye bye. So enjoy him while you can. And fair play to Gezi. He was restraining this one. He didn't didn't bite. Peter then went on, and this is funny that. He doesn't listen to interviews, but he knows everything that was said. Well, yeah, it's but... up to them if they listen or not. I didn't listen to his interviews, so I don't give him. <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to listen to my interview, listen to the interview. It's up to you. So. Do, you do you enjoy, though, that the fact that they, they do listen to you like I that? Learn it off of Phil, I learn it off of Phil Taylor. Yeah, it's just like I used to watch him wind everyone up, but like... As he says, nowadays everyone's got their headphones in. You can't wind them up in the background, in the back room. Everyone's going like, mm -hmm. oh, everyone's so serious now. Peter Wright's turned into the master of the mind games. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm on the way out, so I need to try and win games. <laughs> so at this point, we've got the world number one and the world number two both on the way out as well. Um, Peter Wright winding everyone up. Then the green machine comes along. No, no, because back in their mind, they know who's the number one is going to be. And uh, I, I will always keep battling for it uh, till I probably retire. I won't stop. I won't, st I won't stop hunting them. And I also will be hunting them. And then they know what I will do. So that's why 
they're probably already making up excuses now for later. Nah, when, when people start talking about me, I know they got something against me. And they will always have something against me as long as I live, you know what I mean? As long as I play the odds for. That's how it is, that's, that's fact, and I can't change anything against that. Because I'm there, I'm always competing in the tournaments, and I will probably also beat them a lot more time. Round two, still advantage, Peter? Yes. Edging towards Michael now. Edging towards Michael, but you can still tell that Peter's got that little... Well, Peter's still started it. And that's still playing a part in him, still talking about it. <laughs> Quarterfinals. Gazzy goes first. I'm not, not against Nathan. I think I'm a lot more composed. I don't do... I don't let my emotions get to me as much as I have in the past. And, yeah, I'm uh, a lot more experienced. And I know Nathan's going to be bouncing on a stage, but I think sometimes I can use that against him, as people have against me in the past. So, yeah, I think I control my emotions a bit better than what Nathan does now. And, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully he's bouncing around our stage and I can just uh, feed off him. Again, at this point, Gezi's not, not getting involved. Um, we go to Peter in the quarterfinals. Well, we'll be if we both get off. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we could be there a little while. <laughs> so, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, if obviously he's, he's got to win the match first, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully for the crowd and everyone else, and uh, everyone wants, you know, MVG to beat me, and uh, I, I would like to beat him. But you know, it's. You know, in the past we've turned up together on stage, and it, it, it's not—it's not done anything, has it? You know, but we have some crackers. Uh, but hopefully it'll be a good one. Yeah, many congratulations. Cheers, mate. Yeah, this obviously uh, this is uh, more of a, you know it's definitely a major that's uh, that I want to win, and uh, so yeah, that's, uh, instead of European, no disrespect to Europeans, but you know you want you want to win this one. Disclaimer, here's where it gets spicy, because now MBG played last, and he now knows he faces Peter Wright in the semi-final. I'm going to do better tomorrow, but still a long way to go. I'm only in the semi-finals now. I've won nothing so far, so uh, I need to make sure I'm sharp tomorrow as well. well. They all know when I'm in this mood, they're all scared of me. and I need to make sure I keep this mood going and keep my flow going, and then I can do even more things like this. You left the trophy in two days' time. Of course. Are you questioning me? I was asking you. Oh. Don't worry. Nah, nah. We all know Peter has a big mouth, and for for someone who's always that quiet at home, yeah. We we all know what it is. Peter is a good player, but sometimes when he gets a little bit in his mood, he says a bit of stupid things, and other players knows that, and. You get on with it and you just have to do the right thing for yourself and that's the only thing I can do for myself. I know I'm the better player and I think Evan knows that as well, but I don't have to say that, but I just need to make sure I do the right thing for me and just make sure I'm going to beat them and that's the only thing that counts for me. MBG has the last word in going into the semi-finals, boys. At this point, this is where it turns in my head, right? There's a weakness to Peter, right? And, and 
Rose sums it up pretty well as well. Gezin and Vegi seem more bothered about their own game, right? Always going on about the other. It looks a bit like he's looking for a shortcut. Like, if I can talk these boys out of it, I don't have to put the work in anymore. Or I don't have to be concerned about the fact that I change my darts so often in a format that doesn't just allow me to throw at 20s and find my range and how I want to throw these darts because I'm chasing them around the board to hit a double. It, it looked like he was looking for a shortcut. The longer it went on, the more desperate it sort of seemed to become. Especially, look, they engaged the first time. Gezi moved off of it a little bit. Michael just stayed resolute with the same lines over and over and over again. I'm the most successful sportsman in the world. Over time, I watched the um, the Redeem Team documentary earlier uh, about the U.S. men's national team basketball. U.S. men's basketball national team, same thing, whatever. Um, and you just look at the mentality that the likes of Kirby Bryant and, and LeBron James had. It's just that they were above it all. <laughs> They knew what they were doing, but they never went and picked a fight. They never went and started or anything. They just held their head high and waited for people to come at them. They led by example instead. And that sort of felt where Michael had reached at this point, rather than Peter. Uh, evening, Al. Hope you are good. And then this, after after the semi-final one, after the demolition job, this is this this was brilliant. This is what you call holding your tongue until you've done the job. This, this is genius. Uh, yeah, I think Peter really underperformed. He didn't play well. I think his darts were absolutely crap. And uh, then maybe we win this game. And uh, it was quite easy, to be fair. I didn't really... I wasn't struggling one point in the game. And that gives you confidence. That, gives, that, that makes you hunger for more. And yeah, thanks for that. Like you say, Peter didn't perform. I know you're one that likes to judge players in the practice room. Did you get that sense that he, he wasn't at the races tonight before you went no, out? No, no, but with all due respect, he, he's been getting away with murder in the last few games because I think Dimitri had five match darts to, to beat him and things like that. But then you still have to beat Peter White. Peter White is a phenomenal player. I got a lot of respect for him, but he, he needs to shut him out and just throw his darts and that's where his strength is and not when he talks too much he's only going to put him off and everyone knows that but he never learns he never learns Premier League World Match Play final here tomorrow yeah. plenty of TV tournaments coming up can you do the clean sweep between now and the end of the world why not why not why couldn't I if you look to the performance, how I've been playing, of course, in the last tournament I've won, I, I've not been on my best, but now I start to do some great damage again. And when I am start to doing that, they all know what they, what they have to do to beat me. And uh, that's not easy. That's not going to be easy for them, especially whenever the guys I'm going to meet is going to be far in the tournament normally. So I, I just need to do the thing what's right for me and uh, keep this performance going and I feel comfortable. Game set and the match. Do your talking on the dartboard, Peter. It was just above it, wasn't it? Yeah. As he has been in the past, and when he had such a dominant record against the two to start with, they worked their way back. He then dropped off a little bit, but he's on that ascendancy again. Difficult to back against him in any of those situations. Admittedly, the straight-in format might be slightly different. Mark Van Gogh in tops hitting to start legs in particular this week was the standout. But apart from in the final, it went missing a little bit as Aspinall started to make his comeback. Um, for the first two and a bit sets, 
Van Gogh didn't fail to start in his first three darts. He was just relentless. He had a few doubleless visits to start as the match went on, as as is inevitable. But he was just ridiculously good on that, and that just gave him a platform better than anybody else. Gezi, as I said, of the three, was probably the most disappointing one for me, apart from those two really good sets against Joe Cullen. I don't really feel like he was pushed. I also don't really feel like he delivered. He, he just seemed to do enough when he needed it um, without being exceptional in a format that, like I said, should really suit him. The, the tops and 20s, the stay over 12s, it, it just looks good for Gezi in this tournament. Back-to-back finals, then a semi. A little bit disappointed he didn't get past Aspinall and, and give us a probably a stronger final than what Peter put up in the end. And the changing of the darts just caught up with Peter, right? 100% by the time he got to that final. The one... Was it the one one six to start the set? Yeah. First set, first leg. It just set the tone, didn't it? It was... He didn't even need to do it, and he's done it again. Peter's miles behind. Could not find a range on a double that he liked to, to get anywhere near it. And every time he did, he just fell off on the bit for the back end of the leg. The, the interesting that, thing for me... Point, of Price being disappointing. Sorry, Phil. Price being disappointing for me. I look at Peter right as the drop off from where he started that tournament with ninety four and then the team and looked impressive. If you eat, obviously it's not just about the numbers, but with those 94, 90, 84, then eighty two, this is going through a, a major TV tournament or whatever you want to sort of label it as one of the big ones to drop from ninety four down to eighty two. As a general drop throughout the tournament, that is not the sign of uh, a champion. Uh, and obviously, it finished in the way that it did. It. I was very, very disappointed with Peter. Does it seem like the more we spoke, the worse he got? The interesting thing for me was the elements lasted a leg and a half, was it? The go-to goal yeah. elements that he won everything with... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Last in a leg and a half. The go-to darts did not work. That's worrying. Yeah. The fact we hadn't seen them before that moment, and then they were kept back for that moment, and they lasted a leg and a half, was a bit worrying, because there always is get-out-of-jail-free, chuck them towards the back end of a match, and I'll find my range. But again, he finds his range on the, the scoring, and then he bails himself out on the doubling. He didn't get a chance to find his range on the scoring. Yeah. Uh, evening, mates. Hope you are good. Super stuff today. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
Uh, hope, we, hope you are yeah, good. I um, hope you are good. Uh, now everything's good. Right. So the big debate now: the world number one spot. Who is the best in the world? So the way the rankings look, this is currently as we speak. Pierre goes back to world number one. Gezi two, Michael three. But they're some distance apart now. Interesting bit is that Michael's in striking distance without a major run in the world championship for two years, boys. You think Wright and Price have both got <coughs> world championship winning money on that ranking. Yeah, it's Michael's world. World Championship ranking only well prize money only represents eight percent of his ranking, whereas Gerwin Price is forty six and Peter Wright forty one percent. Yes. Even even before we get to that world, we've still got a European Championship of Peter Wright's to come off, where Derwin Price lost second round. So there's 120 to drop for Peter Wright and only 10 to drop for Derwin Price. So as Price mentioned in his interview in one of those days, that he says, I don't really care if Wright's going to be number one, I'll let it back soon enough. And that could happen very soon. And then obviously you've got the world drop-offs that then puts MVG, well, it'll be obviously, there's his drop-off. You'll then have MVG right back in that mix. And MVG's in a prime position to be world number one in the is near future the right saying? A few months time or into next year. If he yeah. doesn't don't want to lift a big one, of course. But how much is the aura as well? How much is the aura as well? One one twenty. What's the slam? Slam is Slam up. So, because Jose is defending Slam winners. Yeah. So, Price is defending from the Slam, just 13 and a half. And Wright is only defending seven and a half. So, from a defence for the pair of them this year at Grand Slam, it is very, it's very little in comparison to Peter Wright's obviously 120. For the European Championships and then 25 for the Players Championship. So you would suspect, depending on it, on one of them lifting one, you would suspect that Price would be going in world number one for the World Championships. But so I'm looking at the back end saying, of the darts ranking, the table that says upcoming events, which I presume includes the amount of money that they're defend. Oh no, that's guaranteed minimum, isn't it? I was looking yeah. to see if Michael could go world number one without the world championship. Oh, good question. Don't believe so. What's he got? The Europeans, the Slam, the players. But he's defending players' winners' money from two years ago. 
Yeah, that's the issue. Not yeah. But on the on this ranking, that's how it looks currently. Let's have a look. This is the tour card race one. As it stands. So MVG is provisionally world number two. But obviously, there's more money going to go on this. Because this is just taking off everything yeah. and the minimum going on. What a position, when you think about it, that Michael Smith is totally sat in as well. Going into the back end of this year, there's not a, a huge amount to defend. Obviously, the drop-off of the rest. We know what he can do at the Worlds if he's not gone on and lifted it. And we could see someone breaking into that that top three, which hasn't been a top three in the rankings for very long, if you think back. Was it just pre-match play that we saw MVG drop out of it slightly? I know it was only for a week or two. About a week he dropped out of the top three, wasn't it? Yeah, but we saw that break up, but... That's certainly, David, a, a possibility of that happening at then. But looking at that, it is dependent on price. But MVG is certainly in striking distance going into next year. Yeah. Um, and Weekly Darts Car say if hey, MVG win the Worlds, can't see that not putting him back to one. That, that I agree. I think Yeah. Stick, stick, stick the winners on that, then MVG does go back to world number one. Whilst we are in and around the provisional Grand Slam of Darts um, graphic kindly produced by probably Jimmy or, or Lou um, so I don't want to bash them too much but we check this is correct because they've made a few mistakes recently <laughs> Taking their word for it. Um, that's the lineup so far. Don't get me wrong; it's um, it's it's a quality lineup. But I think with all the discussion around it, it's more about the names that aren't at the Grand Slam yet. And that Grand Slam qualifier could be a little bit interesting. Just there a is little. going to be some. Big names there that are going to have to come through it. You just look, the two ever present at the Grand Slam, James Wade and Gary Anderson, not qualified yet. Winner from two years ago, Jose de Souza, not there yet. Dimitri? Not there yet. And we've seen already this year with a qualifier that absolutely anything can happen. I will refer back to the World Series qualifier where probably what two or three names we may have picked, but some of those others wouldn't have been anywhere near that qualifier. And that's probably been. Well, uh, let's be fair. The, the, the World Series qualifier going into it, Devin Peterson and Ryan Joyce straight off the back. Look, we're not saying they're not bad players, but they weren't in any kind of form. Going into that tournament, and ended up qualifying. 
I'd probably add Yozza to that list as well. Yeah, I'd add I'd add yeah. Jamie Hughes to that list as and yeah. the two you've mentioned. And again, not saying they're not quality players when they're in some sort of form, but going in going into it with absolutely zilch. Yeah, May says Rob Cross as well. Voltage isn't there yet either. There's some. If you've missed someone like Rob Cross off the list, like we have done, it just shows how many big names are missing. Is it uh, open draw for the qualifier? Pass. Depends on the day. And if so, that. Depends what's right for business. So now then, um, so it is. I mean, it's a granting draw, seeded draw. Um, yeah. Also, this weekend from the Mecca that is Wigan was the <laughs> World Youth. Robin Park and Mecca, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, the, the last of the development tour along with the world youth and uh, boys at Minehead that is going to be one hell of a final. It will be Nathan Gervin taking on Josh Rock, boys. It's going to be a little bit good, yeah. I mean. The, the world youth in itself was a little bit good. We had a few early upsets from the group stages. Um, the likes of Connor Heenahan not getting through, Yitz van der Waal, uh, and Gurgen van der something. It's gone blank now. Um, all going out early. Um, we had two nine darts. When Phil and I were streaming this, and when we saw the news that Jared Cole had hit one, we made a joke as if say, oh, the first nine data of the day um, has been hit by Jared Cole as if say, oh, there's going to be more. There shouldn't be more in a World Youth Championship. But there was another one, and it was Nathan Govan, and it was a ridiculous time to produce it as well. 5-4 down to Lewis Gurney, hits a nine data, then wins a deciding leg. Uh, wins one, two, eight, nine. I think he won something like 10 or 11 legs on the spin at that point. Um, which put him in command of position against Callum Ridds as well. Nate, uh, Chris Mason just said he spoke to Nathan last night. He can't wait. Deservedly so, mate. And he's the, also, I'm pretty sure, the first player to have played in a BDO World Youth Final and now a PDC World Youth Final as well. So he's making a bit of history. Yeah. Um, just looking However, through... with all that being said... I like Nathan. I think he's a very, very talented boy. We've seen him play some superb darts for the Super Series. I think Josh Rock starts a heavy favourite in that one. He is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Josh Rock will go off the favourite. But we've seen Nathan. He's got these big averages and these big games in him. Look, he's probably going to have to produce one of those as well to, to, to do it. Uh, just out of interest, um, Mace, do you know, did he use... The Andy Jenkins darts at the weekend. Because obviously he used them in the Super Series, didn't he, last time out? Just wondered if he used them again. Um, but just look at 
at the lineup there. Callum Ridd's got to the quarter five, um, got to the semi final, beaten by Nathan. Played some good stuff in and around as well. Danny Janssen, um, there, Keen Barry. Look, and I think people, uh, yeah, I asked as well. People again were, were getting a little bit annoyed on social media, like it happens about the tour card holders playing in the world youth. For me, I know we've spoken about it. There is a huge difference between the tour card holders playing in the in the development tour and playing in the world youth. A yeah. huge, huge difference. The development tour for me should be a no, but the world youth is a separate competition for set age and everything like that so for me that's not a problem yeah i agree um and looking at dob nodding it looks like all three are in an agreement which doesn't happen very often but yeah i'm gonna agree there is a difference between the the world youth and the the dev i'm playing in um i'm on board that the total holders should be playing in the the world youth championship and should not be playing on the dev tour and the same with any other associate tours um yeah no 100 it was it was one of those um that's too bad that's, that's all the slides we've got so we'll go back to the the, the, the bigger view um one because we've still got stuff to talk about but that, that's all we um we, we, we clipped up. Um, so, the Super Series on Saturday night, it was Peter Jakes who booked his place in Champions Week, being Robert Thornton in the final. Uh, look, I, th- I think Peter Jakes was the best player throughout that. I think, although he missed Max Starts and gave Thornton a chance, I thought he was he was the best best player in that final. However, all eyes were on Week 12 this morning, I know he's in the chat room. However, congratulations, Chris. How good was Mace today? I know only won two, but the performances were stunning today. Man, don't miss, do it. <coughs> Not in that treble, anyway. Yeah, look, steady as. I, I've, I've had a few little digs at base over the last few weeks, whether that be through social media or, or whatever. As he's been playing his chances down every week, he went pretty early on letting people know he was involved. I've seen the level that Chris is producing at seniors events when he's been available to, to play. And I know that he's been putting in a lot of work either in Southampton or, or Portsmouth or whatever, or even just getting back to match practice as well. He wouldn't put himself through this if he didn't feel like he was more than capable and He's played at a very regular level, not disgraced himself at all. Picked up two wins in a, in a competitive group. Everybody seemed to have the absolute game of the day against him when they did play against him as well, which I suppose if everybody knows they've got a raise your level against you is, is a compliment in itself. Um, two more days of group A. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go on and, and win it, but actually there is that little bit of me that's very, very selfishly hoping that Mace plays another two days and is in the same group as Paul Nicholson as well because the battle of the commentators would be very very enjoyable yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> with you, Dob. 
I am fully on board with that. Unfortunately, I haven't saw any of today's other than the social media coverage. But I am working from home tomorrow and Wednesday. So uh, <laughs> I've got a feeling someone might that be on that screen. Above. Yeah, but I, I was I talking to you last week about this. Start giving me a ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to, to to watch the rest of this week. Like I said, unfortunately, not to see today's. But I have uh, I've seen I've seen the clips. I've seen the table. And to be honest, looking at the table, it's set. It is set up nicely. And sometimes we have people flying to Monday and win five out of five or lose five out of five. And it's sort of separated, but the table at the minute looks very nicely set up for the next two days. To be fair, yeah. look, I know we're, we're talking a lot about Mesa, and I think we, we're guilty of that a little bit on the coverage as well, but actually, all six of them, there's just nostalgia there, isn't there? Mark Dubridge yeah. has just accepted an invite to the World Seniors Dart Championship in February as he turns 50, uh, January, I think it is. Um, I thought he played pretty well, and he's been playing really well uh, in Bristol in the local area. Uh, Tony O'Shea is just steady. I think it's the best I've seen Gary Robson look for a while. He's been a little bit disappointing at seniors events for me, not really being past second or third round, but he was producing some pretty steady darts. Concerned a little bit about John Boy Walton's action um, before the World Seniors Dart in February last year. I'd seen his Super League and County averages, and he was banging in 90 pluses for fun, and that didn't really materialise in February. And there is that little bit of an issue with his shoulder right now. Um, and who's the last one? The six in that group. Where's Where's Luke Mustard? Well, Luke Mustard against Mace. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Just banging in 180s for fun. Yeah, look, it was so good to watch. Um, yeah, not the elephant in the room, but we spoke about it on the last show pre World Grand Prix. Still no WDF news on both fronts. Still <laughs> nothing added to the Masters. That the 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 big announcement that didn't actually announce anything. Two weeks on we've we've still heard nothing more to that. And still no world championship news as we're now nearly two weeks into October, boys. Is it the Masters news or lack of Masters news is the most concerning because that seems like a bit of a a half-assed announcement to fob off everybody involved that they've given you something. But the lack of anything else to work with, prize money, they're still yet to actually confirm the format and writing. It's on the website, which makes it look like it's changing, but that's not been in an official communication anywhere. Um, the lack of coverage or broadcasting of it as well right now, it's just not looking good. We just need more. And if it, I guess the issue is if you come out and say we don't have it, then you look even more amateur than not saying it as well. But it's just not in a good position right now. Yeah. And that, look, we're, we're only talking about two tournaments here by the way we're talking about the masters and then the world championships in february which is the end of this calendar year almost for them this tournament year for them we are a week or so away we promised it a couple of weeks ago but we're still waiting on the adc calendar in full the pdc have gone in full the entire 2023 world seniors calendar went on the website today 
they are the last organization to go, which means they're going to struggle to fit in more dates and times when they're not clashing with anything big. And they just immediately put themselves up with their backs against the wall, trying to fit other things in and working around events and whatever's already out there, which is the situation we believe is unfolding around their world championship at the back end of this year. And you, you're just going to end up with players. Yeah, you're just going to end up with players, staff, even players, staff contractually, but then fans are already going. They're going to be out of events and signed and sort of already tilt with your plans that you're doing. So by the time it comes round, from from a fan perspective, then going all the way up to players who not having certain players available for your world championship or for your masters or the your second biggest event would just be would just be, be terrible and lots of which we don't know about the draws we had the issue with redraws last year with them so uh, redraws in a world championship this is not a redraw it's a, a local event or a national event that they're doing which is bad enough anyway but we had that at the world championship last year to, to think that we're not quite sure what position they're in right now and then not just us but everyone including players it's just stinking of amateurish behavior i just it's the the fans and the players look we're heading towards christmas time in the midst of a cost of living crisis they couldn't sell tickets last year they had to go early and get them on sale to give people time to, to, to buy them. If, if you whack them, so, look, in an ideal world, let's say we get an announcement in the next 10 days. I say with bated breath, but let's say we get an announcement in the next 10 days. That's tickets going on sale the beginning of November. That's Christmas shopping time for a lot a lot of people dark tickets are not going to be top of people's agendas at that time of year have phil have titted someone's half of the masters yeah did they the one i wasn't sure if they did they were on sale two weeks ago i've just um and it's pretty much sold out. I worry, I, I, I worry massively about the world. Premier League tickets go on, it. Premier League tickets go on sale this weekend, Friday, I think. Listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on. laughs> More positive news. Um, BBC calendar is out. It's very hectic. There is a particular period where I've got that up for you. We we get a chance to talk Copenhagen and you forget where the other one is. Bahrain. Bahrain. Did we get a chance to talk them? Did they drop before? Yeah, they dropped on the day. Yeah, we we, we spoke about it last week. The um 
the Matt Poor interview will drop tomorrow. He talks about the World Series in there. Um, but yeah, that, that period in March, March the 16th, Premier League in Nottingham. Then. It's just mad. It's just mad. Is. I don't, I don't remember this happening for, for for a while, but you've got Challenge Tour, Challenge Tour, 17th and 18th, into the Pro Tour two days, all in Hildesheim, Germany. I don't remember the two following on like that before. Well, no, because normally they're just at weekends, but that 19th and 20th is a Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So you've got there. You've got the Euro Tour then from Hildesheim, the Premier League players will go to Newcastle. From Newcastle, they will fly back to Germany, Leverkusen, Berlin. And call me a cynic, gentlemen, but after the amount of pull-outs we've had at Risa recently from the, the big, big guns, that Risa follows Berlin. If they're in the country, that makes it that little bit easier for them to travel. Right, that, that's I'm what I mean. Against... There's another little cock-up, I think, uh, in the following month in April as well, because they go from, you've got players' championships and whatever, you go to uh, Rotterdam for the Premier League. Then that weekend, you're in Graz, Austria, for the Euro Tour. Then you come back to Leeds... And then you go back to the Netherlands. <laughs> Why would you not stay in the Netherlands? Go on, Gob, say it. Say it. Well, it's just stupid, isn't it? Why would you not stay in the <laughs> Netherlands? Swap them round, surely. Surely. That's the lightest that's the lightest it's ever thought you dub. Hour and twenty nine minutes. That's must be a red dot. But but that is just look, in, in times. Stupidly said for emphasis recently. You two love it that much. But that is stupid. And the rest of it's just mad. It's just back um, and forth, back and forth, all over again. Also, whilst we're on calendars, as Gob said, the World Seniors 2023 calendar went out today, Gob, and it's looking good. So... We have got the World Championship qualifiers, 11th, 12th and 13th of November. Then another World Championship qualifier, 27th and tw- 29th. The World Championship at the Circus Tavern. And the one that was released last week. We're going to Blackpool again, boys. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. It's really... I don't want to sit here and blow trumpets at people, but it's quite clever as well. Because the calendar is so jam-packed, it's a smaller field for that one, and there's only eight players, there is one spot for a qualifier, which is being billed as as a golden ticket event. That will take place on the Friday night, and then on the Saturday and Sunday in the daytime... There'll be an open series, which are the floor events, before 
the televised session. So anybody that goes to the qualifier that doesn't get in has then got a chance to pick up ranking points for the next ranked TV event as well. And the fact they're all going to be under one roof just makes it even better, in my opinion, because that's the first time both sides of the tour, effectively from last year, are going to merge in one place. Yeah, I like that. That Friday, that Friday night will be very, very good. Well, you think the... they're going to be... If you get the similar sort of numbers they've been getting with enough notice now, there was 80 entries for the Open Series this weekend. You tend to get a few more for a World Championship qualifier or, or whatever else. If you get that sort of numbers on the Friday, there's going to be at least 25 people there that are rocking up um, on that Friday night, expecting to just play a floor event in a room next door for two days. And one of them is going to be on TV, potentially playing somebody like Phil Taylor in the first round. As well, the night before, because I hadn't looked until now, Newcastle Premier League. Night in Newcastle, straight to Blackpool. For you, not for me. (laughs) Although, to be fair, you've got to drive past me to get to that one, so I might as well come to both and then save the... the costs. Decided. Phil's taking me to Newcastle, everyone. I love it. Um, so, yeah, great news for the seniors that the calendar is out and fixed for TV events this year, which is superb for them. Let's hope Mace qualifies because it'd be great to see him back at the tavern. Mace is up for that night in Newcastle, followed by Blackpool. The night out with Mace is anything like a night out with Andy Jenkins. No chance. Mm. Uh, The big news about that, by the way, is that the World Championships is returning to BBC coverage and that the newly announced Champion of Champions in Blackpool will be on Channel 5. It'll be on free-to-air TV across that weekend, which is a big, big step to grow that tour just that little bit more, put it in the eyes of a few more people, especially in the UK where the tour is based at the minute. Um, and hopefully build a, a good partnership with that one. So It is, to be honest, it is a nice touch from an organisation to say yeah, the broadcasters are going to be for the shelters. Not everyone does that. So. That's a nice little <laughs> touch from the seniors. <laughs> No more dudes today, I promise, Dob. You didn't mean dirty look. You didn't mean dirty look now. No more dudes today from me. Very, very cynical, that, Mr. Boys. Very cynical. I'll leave it there. What else have we missed in a week in darts, then, boys? Because it's bound to be something. Well, it's technically a week and a half in darts, isn't it? Um, A few county games going on, nothing. Areas from them, I don't believe. Um, I had the pleasure of refereeing for Fallon Sherrick last weekend. She was very good. Uh, had plenty more in the tank. 3-0 win with a 90 average. Um, then was narrowly beaten by Cammy just a couple of legs later, uh, who let her know about it as well. It was pretty entertaining. Um, we don't look, 
we're not going to comment massively on this one, and I probably should have pre-warned you about it. It did pop up in the chat a little bit earlier, and until the full DRA investigation comes out, but it is alleged that Jose Justicia, upon attending a WDF Spanish Open, uh, assaulted a few members uh, that had entered, uh, a few female players that had entered. Um, it was on Facebook and across various social media um, last week. Um, again, until we get a DRA ruling from that one, we won't go into it anymore. Um, just in case anybody asks about it again, basically. But that, that's where we stand on that one. We don't go into those things until the DRA have given us yeah, once, once he's been charged with something or innocent or guilty yeah. then we'll, we'll we'll touch on it but until then nothing to see here um however on the topic of dra the absence of the case list for the last two and a bit years is really grinding my gears now yeah it's annoying <laughs> That should be public information. A hundred percent. And I don't know why it's not. Me neither. Also, it is the last Euro Tour this weekend in Gibraltar. Um... Just looking at the race. So, Chris Doby has qualified, hasn't he? I don't know. Trying to find the fields, but. Yes. He, he has, has already so. included upcoming events ET13, £1,000. Kurt Smart yes, has, has. Wood has. O'Connor has, Eddie Lewis hasn't, Simon Whitlock hasn't, Jim Hybrex hasn't, Isvan hasn't, Jim Williams has, Keen Barry has. Has Callum Riggs qualified? Where's Callum? No. Right. Vincent van der Voort has, though. Ratajski hasn't. Mikkel has. Ooh. Wade hasn't. Rock has. Well, I'll tell you what. Chris Dobie is £500 behind Callum Rids for that last spot. Well, if he wins the first rounder, he's there. Yeah. Because that, that includes first round prize money, but if you win that... I don't know. Yeah, you get a grand just for turning up, don't you? First round loss. If you're not yeah. seen. Yeah, so if yeah. he wins that, if he wins the match, he, he, he's in. Vincent needs to win as well. That draw is going to be interesting on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever it's released. Do we expect many to drop Luke Humphries maybe with the news today? Uh, maybe Luke. Michael is going. I know that. Um, Gezi has to go because as it stands he's fallen out of the top 16 of the Pro Tour Order of Merit Ooh. 
him and John, he's behind Johnny Clayton on countback. So both the Ferret and Gezi have work to do on the Pro Tour Order of Merit. Which is the consequence of them being so selective with their calendar throughout the year. And they're still yeah. knackered. And they still look like they need more time off. And we've just discussed an even busier calendar at the start of next year that includes two World Series events in January, straight into a Masters, straight into a Premier League, that also has nine weeks of European Tour action before the 17 weeks of Premier League is up. Plus Pro Tours, European Tour and whatever else. Match play race, UK Open. Yeah. The other one that popped up over the weekend, which I'd almost forgotten about until so I've just seen his name in the chat room. Louis Williams back at Alexandra Palace through the development tour. Louis Williams's tour card was in some danger. Getting to Ali Pali through another method may have just saved it. Yep. Not right. I don't there really we go. know how it works. Because it's all a bit confusing with who qualifies via what, etc. Because if you go on darts rankings, obviously it highlights Gert Nenchez and Jurgen van der Velde as tour card winners but if louis williams was to lose his tour card even with world championship race secured as number four because josh rock and keen barry there by order of merit does that mean Jurgen van der velde doesn't win a card and that would then go back up to louis williams it gets so murky with all the crossovers also if one of these players then qualifies through that does the extra place go to the challenge tour does it go back to the next development tour i've seen it plenty of times over social media in the last few weeks for people that understand it Far more than I do. It's just messy, isn't it? That I, I, I look at it that Scott Mitchell is just outside the tour card places at the moment, but doesn't get that opportunity that others get because of where he's from and how old he is. Yeah, it's... I guess we, we expected to be sat here talking about the South African qualifier also being in that sort of debate. Obviously, we oh, had that, a different take to what we expect. Yeah, and that, that fits into the same category. Yes, the name we expected to see didn't qualify, but now we've seen Lou Williams, who was just above Stop Mitchell in that race, now jumps above him because... He's guaranteed £7,500, which is a huge chunk of someone just inside the top 64. Yeah. On that South African qualifier, boys, there was all kinds of things going on. It was cancelled, it was off, it was behind closed doors. But the shock... Devin Peterson did not win the African qualifier. 
worrying times if you're a Devin Peterson fan. He's always been head and shoulders above everyone else in South Africa. It was always his golden ticket to the world when he needed it. And it's not there anymore. Well, it's not there this year. Look, we were surprised that he qualified for the World Series finals, to be completely honest. But the fact that he's not got through this is a little bit concerning for him. It's mad to think that it was not long ago that he was losing in a final of a pro tour, winning the Euro tour the following weekend and looking like he was in contention for Premier League and for major titles at one point. And it's just completely disapparated from his game in the space of about 18 months, hasn't it? He had the wrist injury that obviously looks like it was far more serious than he let on to be for a great deal of time. Um, and he just looks a little bit of a shadow of the guy that was beating or losing to Gerwin Price in a... Did he beat Gerwin Price in the European Tour final? Revenge for yeah. him losing in the Pro Tour final a couple of weeks before, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's still opportunity. Not everybody can be on the up at once. Not everybody can be a top 16 or top 32 player in the world. There's only so many places when we're talking about um, Ross Smith, we were talking about Adrian Lewis on the way back up, Kim Hybrex, etc. Devin Peterson at his peak was a top 16 player, ability-wise. His 180 hitting is fantastic, but his action just looks like he's lost it. And the fact that he's defending over 80 grand between now and the, and the end of the World Championships, and he's not in any of them. <coughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long way to come. There's, there's still qualifying opportunities, but they are a lot harder, you would say, than the qualifier he's just been in. Um, because he needs what? He's John O'Shea, he's totally 32, he's just short of 10k. Of John O'Shea, obviously there's a large number of players in that mix. He needs a pro tour, probably final, plus then another couple of the runs. And, and then his other opportunities are coming through qualifiers at the slam and going deep or getting through the World Championship qualifier. It's an awful lot of money to to defend when there is no sort of form there. Yeah. And then next year, that then puts huge pressure on because although he probably will survive tour card-wise this year, next year it's under all kinds of pressure. Given yeah, the last first... couple of years that Devin Peterson has had, unless he sees a, an upturn in practice game or, or form over the back end of the year, seriously be having a conversation with Devon about handing that tour card back ahead of next year. I, I don't want to advocate quitting and giving up, etc. But we've seen the toil that is taken on Glenn Doran in the last year. We saw what it did to Raymond Van Barneveld in his final year. It's just demoralising. And when you've got to live with that for another year where there's not really a lot you can do, you're turning up first event, first round event exits consistently. You're tinkering with so much just potentially a discussion there to be said, do you want to put yourself through that or do you want to take 
a year, 18 months out of the limelight, rebuild it, go back to basics and see if you can go again. Because that Pro Tour, when you're losing first round constantly, is a lonely, lonely place. It's all about the shoes. Especially now as well, by the way. 10, 10, 15 years ago, you could get away with having stinkers in the first round because the PDC had the odd person sat behind your lane with a laptop inputting the scores as well as somebody in front. That's why um, Kyle Anderson's record average in the sport is only unofficial because there was nobody sat behind tracking score uh, visit by visit rather than the amount of darts that the marker and everybody agreed it had taken him to finish each leg when um dark connect just means there is nowhere to hide nowhere to hide whatsoever that little number at the end that average that can mean so little in a match by the way as long as you get w just means that everybody has the opportunity to be on you straight away agreed um we're gonna open up the chat room as well get your questions in what have you got for us peoples um so whilst they're coming in dog the poll was all yours oh i should exit but i can't be able to exit so we're just going to discuss it here it is uh, unsurprisingly Judging by the fact he's won three major tournaments this year. And Michael Van Gerwen is currently the best player in the world, according to 73% of 137 people. Um, Gerwin Price is 20% and Snakebite is 7%. Um, interesting numbers. It's not really a surprise, though, is, is it? it? Is it it's not really a surprise. Given we are a day after Michael's lifted his third TV title of the year, there is going to be a recency bias in there somewhere. If Peter Wright or Gerwin Price had lifted that title, Peter Wright in particular, I think he would have topped that vote pretty comfortably. Yeah. So we'll take it with a little pinch salt, but given how dominant, given how full Michael's trophy cabinet is this year, and I still think there's extra gears to his game, that must be a concern agree. for everybody else. Agree with that, but if you take away, if you don't look at the World Championships before the World Championships, can anyone have a better year than what MVG has had? Not up, like says, up to the World Championships. I don't think anyone can, even if they don't want to win European, um, don't win European Slam and players. It's still the not as good as the can, year that MVG Premier League doesn't sit on the rankings. Yeah, but as surprised it doesn't. No. It wouldn't. It's not going to take long before the PDC attempt to put it there, is it? But there's the grand slams there, and that definitely should never have. But you know, we move. Yeah. <laughs> Momentum-wise, you would fancy though if someone went on and won those, you'd fancy them in a better position with the World Championships. But as a year of 2022, I'm not sure anyone can beat what MVG has done except as I said the world championship 
which he is now How much I despise the Grand Slam. My friend told me it was his favourite tournament earlier in a WhatsApp, so I kicked him out. (laughs) That group has existed since three weeks before the start of the last World Cup. Maybe the Euros. Euros. Oh, I like this guy. It's gone nine o'clock, so I can call you the same word that I called him, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about... Dob, talking about the slam, the night before that let's underway, one thing that I was certainly happy to see, it's not far from me, is Tevin Painter and James Richardson going head-to-head in the European title rematch with the ADC. Because that isn't far from me at the Cleveland Arms. So I will be paying that visit pre Grand Slam show. Because um, I know James Richardson had a few words about Devin Painter after uh, he took the title off him, saying he was very fortunate. So I know there's a few heated words between the two players. So that I am certainly looking forward to. And I'm sure uh, Mr. Bars will be paying it a visit if he's already in his. <laughs> uh, so Mike says biggest name not to be in the slam so far biggest name is Gary he always will be until he retires the biggest loss to the I... tournament right now Dimitri and the fact that world number 5 isn't there as well in Wade He's not champion of two years ago. <laughs> Behind closed doors, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jamie says, will Peter win any remaining TV events before he goes to defend the Worlds? Ooh. Not sure the players. Maybe the Euros. The Euros is that mid-range size. Depends on darts he throws, doesn't it? After this week, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced right now. Before this week, I was definitely sold on it because since his return from injury, it's taken ridiculous performances to stop him. That Eurotour win was very, very good. The loss in the World Series finals was Marco Smith playing very well, I think it was. Um, and that first round loss, the first Eurotour back, he averaged over 100. So in a normal game of darts, I still think he's very much up there. So... Depend, yeah, as Dan says, if he shuts his mouth and just plays dark. Not likely. Um, um, Lee, I did it because I missed it. And then I thought I'd rewatch it today and I completely forgot about it. Um, I'd already shut it down to start work on the report. Uh, Johnny says, playing uh, Belton Woods Lakes course tomorrow. Anyone been? Uh, no, not a goal for me. Don't even know where that is. I can't play golf at the minute, so can't play golf normally. But I physically can't play golf at the minute. There's a difference. Thoughts on a new trophy? Jamie, we touched on that earlier, Jamie. We weren't a fan. Not a fan. Surprise picks for the worlds? I don't think there are any at the minute. Surprise would be Gary Anderson, and it would be so Gary just to rock up from nowhere and get to a final again. Yeah. 
other than that, Eddie Lewis from nowhere, maybe, but would it be a surprise because he loves the event? The form he's carried, yes, the oh, name what, what? and person. James Wade finally getting over well, the line, that would be a surprise. Well, what we've said tonight, Devon Pearson coming through the qualifier and lifting it would be the biggest of all. <laughs> um, don't know, Johnny. He says, what's the players' feedback been so far on the windmill boards? Initially, there was praise galore from all over the place, but there's a few more bounce-outs creeping in again at the minute. And I'm starting to question if some of it, not all of it, there were definitely bad batches of the previous boards made by, by Unicorn. Seen some of them firsthand. Starting to question some of it is just consequence of the sport. You cannot eradicate wires. <laughs> they just exist. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's not. It's one of those ones where the, the blade, not the... Eclipse board, it was just there was so they just were covered in dead spots, and yeah. the darts was just hitting a dead spot and not going in. Darts <clears> hitting <throat> other darts and clattering off of wires is just part of the sport. Yeah, look, I said it when there was issues with the previous manufacturers. Are well. I genuinely thought at least 50 60 percent of the complaints were excuses for poor technique if, you, if you're trying to defy physics for how your darts enter the board and then wondering why they're not staying in when you clatter into it with another dart that's on you well Benito van der Passer because his darts try to enter the board at that angle exactly which means there's nothing for the point to be in for it to, to stay there that, that was always an issue with that one anyone with extreme height is going to struggle with that and then they just tried to replace that with ridiculous levels of grip or, or board damages that, that kept it there, almost glue them in place and wonder why the board started getting trashed. It was silly. Uh, Jamie, the thing with the slam is it was always unranked before. It was only ranked after Barney won it and moaned. No, I'm not saying that's the reason it was ranked, but it was... The slam in its early days, when it was invitations from the BDO to take on the PDC, should have remained unranked 100% all the way through. I didn't like the decision when they decided to rank it because the BDO was still involved. Now they're not involved. It being a ranked tournament doesn't really bother me. However, I think it's incredibly boring. The group stage doesn't really throw up any major shocks because you get three attempt to, to get through. You might get the odd result for one game, but you still pretty much get the top guys getting out of the group. Um, the way that the bracket works is absolute nonsense. The fact that you then play somebody in your group in the quarterfinals again, rather than later on in the tournament, is complete nonsense. Um, and the back end of the format, once you're out of the group, is just, what is it, a leg or two legs shorter than the match play for the majority of it. And at that point, what's the point? Do something different. I would, Dob, I would add to that. Another frustrating is that you can have 
people qualify for it, i.e. through development or into another ranking tournament where other players don't have that opportunity or are tour card holders. So you have the Grand Slam and the World Championships where someone yeah. like Josh Roth, for example, can go on and qualify for both the Slam and the World Championships that doesn't give the same opportunities to, I don't know, a, a Darry Anderson will say, who's not someone who's qualified. So that made it worse. There's, there's two opportunities instead of just the one. I still like the slam. I call my mate a nonce that earlier. <laughs> um, yes, mace. Slam needs a revamp. 100%. How are we doing, Cal? Hope you are good, mate. Don't beat yourself up. Um, so, yeah, last Euro Tour this week ends. The race for the European Championships is on. Um, we have everything covered for you again as normal. The Super Series returns in the morning, 9.30. Watch Mace take on. <laughs> so I've just seen Johnny's comments. Chizzy loved Leicester. Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um but yeah the, the the super series returns tomorrow at 9 30 it's gonna be good boys um have we missed anything before we sign off no, i don't uh, understand only... Callum's comment. i don't understand you said why, why did we say you played crap on monday we didn't Thought you played really well. I was pleasantly surprised of how well you played during the World Youth. I'll be completely honest. Considering it didn't quite go to plan for you in the the Grand Prix, I've heard the story of why you enjoyed Leicester for other reasons as well. So that's uh, <laughs> just a smile and wave at that bit, shall we? Um, Chris, you bored me all chat room. I'll spell mace however I want because I'm pressing the keys. <laughs> um, I'm going to log in Super Series account tomorrow and keep changing how we spell it every other tweet. Just, 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 just all, all in it. Um, but absolute. Um, that is us signing out for the Live Lounge this week. Back next week when we will know the lineup for. The European Championship. I've been Bill Bars, Jack Garwood, and Lee Boyce. Us signing out, gents, for another week. Let's have a good one. We have an online darts. We'll see you all very, very soon. At Boyle Sports, we are taking darts to the next level. Bet £10 on the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix, and new customers will get £20 in free bets. Customers can also enjoy the daily full house price boost on every player and every match. Boyle Sports, this is betting. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.